Blog Talk Radio. Trina Wells, and of course, the scoop 
Nation hot topic, and then we're going to have business talk a little bit later. So I hope you guys are ready for this show. Before we get started, let me say what's up to my good people. Um, so let me start off by saying I'm going to go in reverse order this time, because usually I always go ladies first. So let me say what's up to Cuzzo, Mr. Rashad Ray Chan Chandler. What's up, dude? What's going on, man? Man, I'm good. How's it going on this great Tuesday? I'm good. Good, good. Ready for another good show, man. Ready for another good show. So what's going on? I can dig it. Yeah, yeah. What's going on, Mr. Keela Willis of Elegance by Design? (laughs) Hey, hey, I am doing well on this Tuesday. We're still hurt from the past weekend, but I'm here and I'm happy. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> we ain't gonna talk about you. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, you had a, y'all. You 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 had a good weekend, so that's what's up. We did. It was awesome, and we're not gonna talk about it. We're just gonna say it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> say what happens on the weekend stays on the weekend. Happy birthday, Kelly. Yeah, <laughs> happy birthday, sissy. We're gonna leave it at that. I tried. I tried. All right. You did. You tried it in my same voice. All right. And what's up, Miss Kelly Johnson of Curvy Kitten? Hey, what up? How you doing? What's going on? I'm doing well. Doing well. Why you sound so reserved? You all right? Reserved? Yeah. Okay. I know I don't usually say oh. anything about you, but I mean, you know, you're just like, hi. You're like, hi, how are you? I'm just warming it. Okay. You know, warming it. We'll be okay. Cool. Cool, cool. All right. So we got a good show tonight. Um, y'all excited? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to warn you. I'm going to warn you first. <laughs> Um, two of the three songs are pretty slow and mellow, so yeah, so I'm just giving you a heads up now. They're pretty slow and mellow, and they're not, you know, upbeat, so I don't, I don't want y'all to think, you know, we're trying to slow it down or nothing, but <laughs> we got some good stuff. And as always, if you're listening online, let me let you, I want, if you have a question or a comment, Please call us at 929-477-2304. Press number one if you have a question or comment. Give us 929-477-2304. If you have a question or comment, press the number one. All right. Let's go ahead and get into the news because of what you got. All right. And so my news this week and has been for the past couple weeks brought to you by the good guy over at Up and At It Travel. So, you need discounts to go away, you want to take the family on vacation, go ahead and check out my website, or you can hit me up personally sometimes. I answer the phone. So, yes, we can talk about travel. In the news, we have, first I'll start light. So there's a lot of trading going on with the NBA. Uh, this is the hot season. This is where, you know, people making moves. And as I'm looking right now, it looks like um, – Jimmy Butler is a hot topic. Paul George is a hot topic. Um, I think I've even seen Chris Paul's name in the mix a little bit. We all know Blake is always a topic. Uh, I think he's going 
I personally think he's going to end up in Oklahoma, whether it happens sooner or later. I just see it happening. Uh, for some reason, I also think Chris Paul might be making a trip back to Oklahoma too. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's trade season. It's, it's pickup season in the NBA. Um, I don't know how everybody feel about what their team is doing, but has anybody paid a little attention to what their team is doing in the off season, or shrugs and no cares, or what we got? I started seeing the post, but I don't have a team to really care very much at the moment like that. I like the Thunder, but I don't know enough to make a comment on this one. Go ahead, Wayne. Okay. <laughs> Kel, did you have something? Kel, did you have to play? The... I'm sorry. No, like, we're going to let the men handle this one. <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't have a dog in the fight either. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, of course, you know, being a Bulls fan, watch if Jimmy Bucket goes to Cleveland, I'm gonna be not happy. I'm gonna be livid if Jimmy Bucket goes to Cleveland. Period. I don't care if they do get Kevin Love in return. I'm going to be absolutely, positively livid if they trade Jimmy Buckets, period. I mean, Um, he ain't at the top of my list, but I sure agree. And that's just because I wish he would pull the KD on us. I really wish he would. You go ahead and do that if you want to, sir. Pull the KD on Chicago. I dare you. Yeah. I'd be pissed. Not even because it's just, come on. I mean, it's basically, we already know what we're going to see next year. We're going to see again four years in a row of Cleveland versus <laughs> Cleveland versus uh, 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 Golden State in the, in the championship again. So that would, that would bother me. Well, I mean, Ultimately, this is what y'all asked for. Y'all said leave folks alone and let them play with who they want to play with. But the song starts singing a little different when it starts happening with your team. I always I said it's bogus. I'm going. He can pick where I he do. Go. I'm just saying, I think it's bogus. Just in terms of, I don't like. I don't like the whole the super team concept. I've never liked it, but I mean, it's it's reality. The reality is they can go where they want to go. So. But I don't. Unfortunately, I'm not true. They just don't. You know, it's just making the game not fun anymore. Mhm. Mhm. Well, so of course to say, Cavaliers told Jimmy Butler wants to stay with the Bulls, so that one's off the table. <laughs> Way to go, Jimmy. He heard it. He heard it. It's not happening. Yeah. Or to say the Lakers to swap Russell for Lopez. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know, but he was on his way out anyway. Like when he started yep. snitching on his teammates, whether it was outside the court or not. He was no longer a fan favorite in the locker room. You can't be snapping pictures. I mean, sending the pictures to people's girlfriends. And, man, bro was yeah, out there. He that lost his spot in the locker room when that happened. Time. That was it. They just letting him finish mm-hmm. it out. 
Yep. Plus, well, they supposedly that are going to take the ball boy, and they believe the ball boy is better than him, so they don't care. He's out. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it means. Yeah. It means that the ball ball boy in the lake. The Lakers go get the ball. So. Well. And my I'm next two stories the, deal with court. When it comes with the Bulls, I'm more so disappointed that they about to pay Dwayne Wade $24 million. That's what bothers me. Oh, man, bro better go somewhere. He talking about he picking up his option. Please pick it up. You and your pants. Go. But his, his option is for $24 million. That's what I'm saying. He's going to get $24 million if he stays. Hey, if it's $24 Who does? million, Who gets let that? him leave. The one Play. Fancy mm-hmm. pants. <laughs> so if he stays with the team for another year, he gets $24 million. Is that what y'all saying? Yes, he- Yes, he signed a two-year deal. to get twenty-four dollars if he stays. Yep, if he if he stays, he gets twenty. He gets paid twenty-four million dollars. He and I think he averaged what eighteen points a game or something like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Exactly. He make the money for what he he make it twenty-four million for what he did in two thousand and six. Right, for showing yeah. up in the hope that he Living might show up, pay. like in real life, like in the hope Living that he might show up. Yeah, because he knows good and well he's not gonna make that any place else. So, uh, oh no, nice no. and <laughs> They're gonna look at his That's knees and tell him, "Boy." Yeah. I said it last year, though. I said last year that I want um. I thought that they shouldn't have paid him more than ten million. Everybody thought I was crazy. I'm like, he's not. He's a ten million dollar a year player. That's it. Paying so, for a name. Yep. I mean, the little extra money that he's getting is just ticket sales. That's all it is. So that they have a marquee name on the billboard for people to come in the building. That's it. It's not like mm-hmm. you're not paying him for minutes. You're not paying him for buckets. You're paying him to get you ticket sales because fancy pants or not. Women still like to see him, and that's just what it boils down to. May not know an ounce iota or a shake hand or a dribble of the ball of the game, but they know they like fancy pants, and they come to the game to see that. So, I mean, I get it. But pants are real time, fancy here lately. Highly overpaid. <laughs> real fancy. Yeah, and if they get more fancy, I don't know how much more the ladies are going to want to see all of that. They, they're fancy enough, bro. That's enough. I about to say, bro, barely wearing pants. <laughs> jeggings. He's got jeggings. He's wearing jeggings and, and, and yeah. boy shorts and all kind of stuff. Bro, just out of line with it, man. Like, he might as well go be a boy shorts. Trout to be a yeah. lovable. But I don't uh, like the current direction we're going in when it comes to home. Right. So, <laughs> from the court to the court. And in the first court, we have our Washington Redskins, who have been dueling over their name for a long time. And the courts have finally said, leave them alone. The name stays. Well, y'all think about that one? That cool or much ado about nothing? I read the article that you shared with us, and... 
I was kind of irritated with the rationale behind it. Behind it. To your question, um, I get why people wanted to change the name. Um, and the, even the example that they stated in the article that you shared, it was with a, uh, I believe it was an Asian band who wanted to go with the name Slants, the Slants or something like that. And the mm-hmm. Trademark Commission denied their name because it was considered derogatory and offensive towards living, dead, or otherwise, you know, a group of people. Okay. So they basically are saying, they, they denied their application, but with this go-around, they're saying that offense and someone being offended or taking offense to something is relative and it's a personal thing and pretty much this rule no longer applies because it infringes on the First Amendment. <laughs> to me, it, it, the rationale behind this irritated me because it's just furthering the rudeness of our, to me, this is my only cue, this is my personal position on this, it's allowing us to get more and more insensitive, more and more rude, and making it law. And, and that mm-hmm. as a country, it's just becoming more and more okay. We used to give a damn if our neighbor felt some type of way about how we interacted. Freedom of speech was cool. You know, I can say what I want to say with enough respect that I'm still going to want to potentially break bread with you at the end of the day. That is, like, gone now. We're the, the the more you ask to be respected or to have a conversation where there's no attacking happening, the more you're being attacked for being sensitive or not having a tough enough skin or you know just have, what is what was the thing I heard earlier the tone policing or whatever the case. Okay, I think <laughs> this just boiled down to y'all are sensitive about the fact that y'all don't want to be called this anymore and. It's been this way forever, so get over it. It was kind of one of those shrugs. It's been this way, mm-hmm. and First Amendment, get over it. So for that, for those reasons, I'm out. Like I don't, I don't like it, and I don't like the direction that something like this, the precedent that this sets for other things like this. We're just getting more and more inconsiderate, more and more insensitive and rude to just being individuals, and it's working in reverse. The whole reason why the freedom of speech was set up to allow people to have freedom of thought and freedom to be who they are and have an independent feeling is totally being vacated from the whole reason why it's there, in my opinion. And that's for the people who feel, who agree with me and disagree with me. I feel everyone should have the ability to say it, but I still think at the end of the day, everyone should walk away still feeling like a human. Like, we are destroying people under the guise of the First Amendment. And, you know, this yeah, I wasn't after reading the details of it. I wasn't. I wasn't here for it. I don't like it very much. So that was mm-hmm. some breakdown on what they stated in the in the as the real reason why the Supreme Court said it wasn't it wasn't valid anymore. Kill. <laughs> I'm just okay. Okay. Right. Uh, after that. <laughs> <No>. Right. <laughs> um. You know, my my whole take on it was that it has been so long. I didn't even know they were still fighting over the name. And I think that's what made people get insensitive to it. Um, the timeout. Yeah. I mean, I understand the, the plight. And I think even if they could have came to a compromise like, okay, you can keep the name, but you have to, you can't use the, you know, the face. Um of the uh, Indian man or, you know, something like that. You have some feathers or something. 
I think maybe it could have been more of a compromise if it took so long because what was taking so long? Like, were there some type of arguments that made you have to dig deeper, you know, or something? So I don't know for it to be finalized, and I, I just felt like it wasn't much of a compromise. It seemed like what was taking so long. Yeah. But that's my take on it. Cause I'm with you. Well, that's easy. <laughs> we well, all with you. <laughs> I'm with you. She spoke for us on that one. <laughs> right. Right. I won that one. I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, that can be rare I mean, times. I'll I can't argue with that. <laughs> you was right, though. You was on it. Yeah. Now, from one wing of the court to the other wing of the court. We, we just got to be better to each other. We can't keep asking for one group of people to just be better. Like, we all got to be better. And I know that's all that kumbaya thought process, but it's just real. You know what I mean? I get, I, I totally get how it's not been balanced, it's not been even, Every you know, we've been done wrong, it's time for things to change, but it's not going to change by just reversing who's the one doing it. You know what I'm saying? And, like, the way that we are coming about, and I'm saying we as humans, the way we are going about trying to enact our change is just, it's maddening to watch with anyone who has any level of rational thinking, anybody who can look at something and try and critical think of situation, you know, really try and work through a thing, the way that we are going about it is just asinine. And I think you asked what took so long, Kels. I think it was in a way the universe was setting it up. We needed a Trump type administration. We needed a chaotic situation, a chaotic time frame for things like this to be okay. This has been snowballing, and, and it, we've been getting to the point where, where these types of decisions can come down and people will go, oh, well, see, well, you know, and we shrug it off. Whereas when, when we were caring about each other and caring about tone and, and how you were received and the message actually getting to where it was supposed to get, these types of things would have never even gotten this far. It would have been that's why you had things in the trademark bylaws that said if it offends living there. That's why those types of things were there. So when we start removing decency clauses, like think about that. When we are beginning to now say we no longer have a need for decency clauses, things that make that are just good human stuff. Like that is, that's scary. That will not necessarily. Yeah, it is. That that makes me feel some type of way about just the environment that we're in and how we as people, whether we agree with it or not, are going to have to adjust just to survive. That that's 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 the difficult thing to have to navigate through. To know that we are starting to remove decency away from how we do life, and it's becoming law. Like it's no longer a personal choice if you get to be decent or not. There's, that's just. That's just the way it is. There's no need for it. We're removing the need for it. Imagine the baby's coming up in a time with, without that. Just damn. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, okay, next subject. I'm sure we're over time now. But, yeah, that was crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy, crazy. I got a little hot seven more minutes. So, uh, uh-huh, on, uh-huh. That, on that one, I'm going to just start it off with, uh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Bill came out of court hit them with the hey hey hey. Yeah, he did. 
swinging his arm and everything. Who gonna tell Bill? So how y'all feel about good old Bill and got off? Well, not really off, but he OJing it right now. Yeah, yeah. That's what we get. We're calling OJing. He got a fish trial, so he's waiting in the wind. It can come back. I mean, doesn't mean they may try to hit him with it, right? They could try and still hit him with a civil, right? They could hit him with a criminal. Really? Yeah, they they left it to be reopened. They didn't do it with prejudice, and uh, they couldn't re, redo the case. They can come. They said they're gonna come back for it. Yeah. Uh, well, he doesn't go home and have too many Jello pudding pops because he was having a little bit too much fun leaving. Like he just knew it was done. I thought it was done too. Then mm. I'm with him. I'm, right. I'm about to have. I'm about to have pudding pops. Thinking that we was about to go on. Bro, hey, calm down, Bill. So, so it's still prayers for Bill. Or <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could still go. He could still go to jail. Oh no! Yeah. So I mean, uh, poor Bill. Poor Bill. What would what would Bill Cosby do? Like really, what what would they do with Bill Cosby in jail? For why? Like at some point no. in time, you ought to just be able to age out of jail too, because like you're right. just too old to be like. <laughs> Any like, form no, right. of a, like, bruh, yeah. Like, come on, you man, you're knocking at eighties door. Why should we punish you with putting you in orange and making you eat bread all day? Like, bro, no. See somebody's granddaddy three times over. Stop it. Stop it. If anything, put him on punishment. Send him to a retirement home far, far away and give him an allowance so that he don't get to just spend money the way he used to. Do something like that. <laughs> I, I'm a, I, you know... I've been pretty quiet the whole Cosby trial thing because it's such a sensitive topic, um, sensitive in terms of what he supposedly did. Um, all this whole time I've struggled with the idea of our, how our justice system handled, is handling this because, you know, okay, I'm just going to say it. Because here, here you are, you have this 73, 74-year-old man who's doing, you know, who you're trying, yet and still we have countless other people who are in front of our face who have done the exact same thing, and y'all ain't doing nothing. Like, Bill O'Reilly got fired for sexually harassing women. Like, it wasn't a possibility, it was something that has been known that he's done and we do nothing about it. You got people who have admitted to doing certain things and we, and, and you cut, you know, it's almost, so it's, 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 it bothers me. Again, I'm not saying that if he did it, he should get off total lack of, of uniformity in our justice system. And I know there's nuances in the sense that, you know, Pennsylvania doesn't have a, you know, doesn't have a, um, a, um, a time frame where you know you can you I, I know that versus other states, but still something is just wrong when and like why is that even right? still? I don't. <laughs> why is it still what? the statute? Yeah, why is statute? it that you can have that? Why is it so that? Why can you age out of that type of thing? You know what I mean? Why the statutes and and it varies from state to state to state. You know that just. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but go ahead. Yeah, I, yeah. It just, it just, it just, in general, it just bothers. 
And again, I'm not saying he did. I, I'm not weighing in on whether what he did or didn't do. I'm just saying if we all going to jail, if, if we going to jail for rape, let's all go to jail for rape. <laughs> if we going to jail for, you know what I mean, for gr- grabbing grabbing them by the, you know, then let's all go to jail for, but come on. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. That's, that's, that's just my, my overall sentiment of this country right now as a whole, to be honest with you. I'm I'm just disappointed. Yeah, like, like you want, and I said it to my friends, like, y'all want me to mourn, like, even today, y'all want me to mourn the dude, you know, I'm not happy the dude is, is you know, by any stretch of the imagination, got killed over in, was in North Korea. I, I'm not happy about that at all. But I still can't get it out of my mind that last week we just let go of a police officer who killed another dude and nothing happened. And last month we just got, you know, through with Terrence Crutcher and nothing happened. And, the, you know, it's like, so I just can't, I guess like my level of care, you know, the word I can <laughs> What I can't say <laughs> is just not there right now. And I've been saying, like, I've been, like, praying about it, like, gosh, you got to help me with that. But the truth of the matter is I just don't – I don't have it right now. I don't have it. So eat your pudding pops, dude. Right. Eat your pudding pops. <laughs> uh, weird enough, I was watching the Dave Chappelle last night, and – uh. I think he kind of explained it best. Like, it's it's like telling the young kids today that uh, 30, 40 years from now, would they believe that Kevin Hart was raping people back then? You know what I mean? It's it's something that's just unimaginable to them. And by no means am I trying to diminish what was done. I totally understand that rape is a horrible thing. I don't condone it, and I'm not saying that he should be get off. And that he didn't do it. What I am saying is I wasn't there. And I'm also saying that the court ain't saying nothing, so I'm just talking about it. But as he as he said on the thing, man, it was like it's hard for him to put it together because it's like telling, you know, telling a person that chocolate ice cream did something bad. So you mean like I got to stop chocolate, chocolate ice cream? Like what? Chocolate ice cream? That's, that's chocolate ice cream. You know, something that everybody would genuinely like. And, I mean, up until that moment, I ain't never heard a bad word about Bill Cosby. So to hear it at, like, 80-some years old is like, are y'all serious right now? We don't got nothing better in life to do but to pick on somebody's granddaddy? But if he did it, though, Hey, time don't heal them wounds, bro. You got to go do them numbers. But I just say I think he's a little too old to go behind bars. I would just send him somewhere <laughs> far away and take away his cash, like I said. Well, they can't just make up rules for Bill Cosby. Well, they, <laughs> they should make up rules right. for everybody <laughs> old. It ain't just Bill Cosby. <laughs> like, well, we ain't it ain't just him. I honestly feel like jail ain't for old people. They should just age out, like. I'm, I'm I mean, sure there's somebody it. a lot they younger who can use home. that spell. <laughs> well, I, I feel sorry for I feel sorry for Bill. I just, you know, I don't know. That's a long time ago, and for it to come out, I'm like, 
for it to come out this late in life, that is just so crazy. He's been a, you know, he's always been that that father figure type icon. So nobody wants to believe that about Bill Cosby. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, righty. well, but I look at the clock. I didn't ran over my time, so. I'm going to give you the music. <laughs> and the new song tonight is Eminent Artistry. Talk to me. Boy, where's the left? Hold on. Sorry. I wasn't expecting you to stop that quick, by the way. Oh, my. Fuck my man. I got to be a man about the time. <laughs> You know what? You know why I think it's wrong? You'll never find. Huh? <laughs> you'll Did never you find. I said you'll yeah, never find. <laughs> Where did that go from? Mm-hmm. I can call off another one that I know is in there. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you want me to call off another one that I know is in there? No. Oh, shoot. Oh, okay. I think you deleted the song. Okay, we'll come back to it. Sorry. All right. I don't know what that was. Like the song mm-hmm. deleted. Mm-hmm. Hmm. No worries. I'll come back. We'll come back to it. All right, so we're going to come back to that one because apparently something didn't happen. I had a technical difficulty, so I apologize. Um, we will skip to the next song. The next song that we have, we have another new song tonight um, that is called Art is the Precedent, and it is by Jim um, Pays Off. And I'm gonna do while I'm looking up this looking for this other song. So we'll be right back.
What about life? What about good music? Not enough art. No affection. Leave it up to injection to give you erections. I'm the president. You're the president. Art is the president. It's irrelevant. The sun and water work for everybody. You say you're different. I say probably. I see you walking that dog. The dog leads the blind. Spell dog backwards. Tell me what you find. Like and share. Post the most. You're wasting your life. Celebrate with a toast. You've got mail. I'm logging off. Vote for me. Jim pays off. I'm the president. You're the president. Art is the president. It's irrelevant. I'm the president. You're the president. Art is the president. It's irrelevant. Give it up for hip hop. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. B boy, right. get on your head. Break out the cardboard. Right. <laughs> everything about everything about that was about the circle right there. Circle up. Circle up. That's all right. All right. Yeah. All right. As I'm sitting here trying to work work on figuring out what in the world happened to my song, we're gonna go ahead and get into our interview tonight. Um. So for those of you guys who don't know, I've got a lot of people and. I've talked to a lot of people who are interested in writing um, writing books, and um, and so I invited to come and talk to us tonight, uh, Author Trina Wells, who um, has wrote a book called How to Write a Book on a Budget, and so I want to talk to her um, tonight about just that process, about her book, um, and anything else we got. So um, welcome, Trina Wells, to school. Uh, we are very happy to have you, and uh, um, I think her, I think she has a technical difficulty too. And so um, let's get into. We are the like. Is this like a technical difficulty night? Is that what this gonna be? I don't, I don't think so. I can hear you guys very well. Okay, thank you. That was hey. <laughs> hello, you. hello, hello! Thanks for having well, me on. Well. Thank you, yeah, thank you. So, um, this is how to write a book on a budget. Is this is not your? Is this your first book or? No, I have done about five. Let me say, I've done four collaborations with other authors, and I have uh, written several books. And oftentimes, people ask me, you know, is it expensive to write a book or how to get it published? And um, so I thought about just doing it really quickly, writing a book and just showing people. Uh, oftentimes when you go to a publisher, um, you have to give thousands and thousands of dollars uh, to get your book mm-hmm. published and then picked up by a publisher. However, so I thought to educate our people or some people who were interested to just go ahead and write it out for them and make it simple, uh, understandable, but something that they can do themselves. And it's very, very simple. It's just having the tools and the knowledge. So I just took what I have experienced and have walked through and learned myself and through other collaborative authors and put it together in a book. 
So it's very simple. It's not a long book. It's probably 25 pages, but it walks mm-hmm. you through step by step. Okay. So Yeah, so I just break it down. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, well, let me back up. So before before we do that, because I can, like, since I got thrown off, I completely forget. Can you tell our, since I know you, but everybody else does it, can you tell everybody a little bit more about yourself? Because I don't jump ahead, so forgive me. Oh, okay. Well, I am a certified life coach, and I've been coaching for the last, uh, I would say, the last 20 years. However, I just became certified the last five years. I am a pastor's wife. I'm a mother of five. Um, I have an experience in the banking industry for over 20 years. I decided to walk away from that industry and follow my passion, which is speaking, coaching, and writing. And so I've been writing for, I would say, the last four years. Um, I'm a spiritual woman, so it's been prophesied to me many, many years ago that I would write, and I just never saw myself as a writer. I hated English when I was in high school. And um, so I just decided was provoked by the Holy Spirit to just start, start writing and sharing some of my experiences and my testimonies of the things that I have gone through and how God broke through for me. So it started that way. Um, I just didn't jump out there and start writing books. I was able to collaborate with other authors to just to get my feet wet. And then, of course, from that point on, it's just been, God has just been giving me things to write personally from my own personal experiences. So that's a little bit about myself in a nutshell. Um, I love coaching. I love what I'm doing. I love instructing. And I love helping people get from where they are uh, to where they desire to be. Okay. Nice. All right, cool. All right, so now I'm sorry. Now that we, now that we did we did that, um, let's get into the bit <laughs> to uh, your, your latest book. Um, so walk us through kind of what is the, I mean, what 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 is the how how do you write a book? Well, basically, um, I would share with people you need to have a premise. You know, talk about write down maybe five things that you want your book to be about. It has to be a subject of interest, something that people are looking for or solutions for people because people are trying to navigate through life, and they're looking for answers. They're going to church looking for answers. They're going to counselors looking for answers. They're going to their pastors. They're going to educators. They're looking for answers. They want solutions on how to navigate through life. And so if you're going to write a book, First of all, you want to make sure that you are answering someone's questions. And it could be things that you've struggled with throughout your life. And now that you've matured, you have insight. And so I typically tell people to write down five topics that are that interest them, something that they've overcome, and to make sure it is solution-based. Uh, the second thing that I, I talk to people about on how to write your book on a budget um, it's very simple. The first thing that you want to do is take a professional photo. You can go, don't do it yourself. Don't use your own phone to take a selfie and think you're going to put that picture on the back of a book or the front of a book because people are drawn to image and they're drawn to quality. So the first thing you want to do, if you want to spend money um, on your book, you want to make sure you spend it on professional headshots with high resolution. So I always tell people to budget at least $100 for a professional photo shot, okay? Make sure you pay someone to do your hair and your makeup. If you're a female, if you're a male, make sure you go to the barber, get cleaned up. 
Uh, make sure you look your, you look presentable. Make sure you have on a nice crispy shirt, <laughs> a nice tie or something. Looking mm-hmm. really nice. Don't just go out there just looking any kind of way. So you're going to spend, budget yourself at least $200 on a nice photo, hair, makeup, nice shirt. They just want to um, basically shoot a photo of your your upper body. Um, so the third thing, from that point on, you have a high-quality a resolution photo. Uh, the third thing you want to do, which people don't know about, you can self-publish your book. There are a lot of companies out there that will allow you to self-publish and will print your book for you, and then you do the pre-orders. So, for example, um, Create Space is a great printing company that will self-publish your book for you. Mm-hmm. You do not need upfront money. So you can purchase the ISBN from them. It's free. They will print your books based upon the copies that you order. So prior to your book being released, you can do a pre-orders. So they may charge you like $3 just to print your book. You may sell your book for $15. That's a $13 profit that you've already made before your book is actually released. Um, so you want to make sure you are researching some, some quality printing companies that will self-publish a book for you. And, you're, again, you're not paying them any upfront money. Everything is free. The only time they're going to charge you a cost is when you order books. So, of course, you want to order your first copy yourself, and they'll allow you to review that copy, and then you send it back to them or okay it. That is printable. You accept it. That would be 3 to $5 wholesale price. Um, Fourthly, you want to have a professional designer for your book cover. I always tell people you don't have to go out and purchase or go out go out and uh, pay someone thousands of dollars or hundreds of dollars to get someone to design your book. You can design your book yourself by going through a company called Fiverr, which is F I F is in Frank, I is in ice cream, V is in Victor, E is in egg. R-R as in Robert.com, which is a freelance uh, company, which has thousands of designers and writers and editors that will do any work for you for just $5. $5, yep. guys, $5. Yep. So you can, get, you can get Fiverr, someone on Fiverr, to design your book for you, to edit your book for you, and actually lay it out and format it for $5. So your total cost for that package alone for a designer, for an editor, for a formatter and a layout is 20 bucks. And all you do is pay them a tip, maybe $2, $5 tip, whatever. But you're not spending any more than $25. So let's do the math on this. So you're going to pay $100 for a professional photo. You're going to pay $100 for hair and makeup. And I'm sure you have a nice suit or something nice in your closet that you can potentially take a picture in, put it in the cleaners. That's another twenty bucks. So that's two twenty. Then you're gonna pay Fiverr twenty dollars to design it, format it, lay it out, and to um, edit it for you. So how much is that? Two hundred and forty bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then. And then with a tip, you know, you're going to tip each one of those, those freelance artists for doing the work for you. So, you know, another 10 bucks, so that's $250. You can write a book for $250. Then you start campaigning. You can do your marketing campaign on social media. 
You can do that for free. And then once you receive your designer cover uh, from your designer, you upload your photo onto Facebook and say, hey, I just recently uh, wrote a book. I want people to pre-order this book. It answers, you know, your questions. You may have things that you've been pondering for years. Hey, here are the solutions right here. Uh, five ways to um, improve your life. Uh, five ways on how to be successful. It's very, very simple. It's not complex. But people, which is the Bible is right, you know, people suffer because of the lack of knowledge. And so we don't know what we don't know. And so a lot of us have stories and books on the inside of us that can uh, ultimately bring us profit. But because we don't know how to get started, we allow those dreams and those things that, that God has given us die on the inside of us. And I believe that all of us have at least one good book on the inside of us that need to be written. And even if you wanted to do, you know, make it audible biography over some things that you have triumphed over life, you know, over some things that you have overcome, some things that you have broke through, uh, we need to put it in the book. We need to educate people. We need to educate our future generation. Uh, they say, people say about black people all the time that if you want to keep knowledge from black people, put it in the book because they don't read. Mm-hmm. We need to defy those mm-hmm. odds and say the devil is a liar. We're going to educate ourselves and educate our children, you know, that um, they can be professional. They can be successful. They don't have to become an adult to write a book. They can write children's books now. They can write about things that they are struggling with right now, peer pressure, uh, suicide, depression, things that they're going through now that could possibly help another peer. So, again, not having the education, not having the knowledge uh, can keep us hindered and keep us in bondage. But I want everybody to know tonight, listening to me, you can write a book for less than $250, oh. which is amazing. Yeah, people it's don't amazing. realize that. I didn't. Yeah. No, it's really simple. And you can get some quality, when I say quality, designers on Fiverr.com, I mean quality. Quality editors. I mean, these people are not just, um, you know, bootleg people. They are high-quality people, and they are located all over the world. And, again, it's Fiverr, Fiverr.com, freelance uh, artists all over the world that can help you structure your paper. You do not have to be the best writer to write a book. You could hire your ghostwriter for $5. Mm-hmm. And so, you know what, wow. I want to tell my story to you, and I want you to write it for me. I want to just share with you some key points, 10 key points about my life, and I want you to, you know, write the book for me. There's ghostwriters that are out there that can do it, you know, especially with people, especially women. And I hate to say this, brothers, but uh, women that have gone through some terrible things in life, whether you've been raped or molested, I think those are stories, and you've, you've had victory over those things. Those are stories that someone may be dealing with right now need to hear, and maybe you can't write it because it's still traumatic for you. You can have someone else write it by hiring your ghostwriter. You pay them $5, and they'll let you know, we'll write 500 words for you for $5. But if you want 2,500 words or 25,000 words, it's going to be this week. And if you're able to you know, put that in your budget, do it. It's worth it. Now, I have a question because this sounds awesome. I love the idea of being able to tell your story and it not bankrupt your family. Um, now, say you go through this. You have your book that's in hand. Now, what do I do with my book? How do I promote it? What is your, you know, say this is just a person who has a story, not necessarily an entrepreneur or a super business savvy person. What would be 
the basics to get the book out there and where should they go as far as making it so that the people know that there's a book there and make so that they can actually possibly profit from it. Well, what I would do is contact your local bookstores. Uh, I didn't know anything when I published my first book, uh, but I went to a couple Christian bookstores. I contacted them and I said, listen, I just recently written a book. I would like to uh, put it in your stores. And I thought it was going to be very difficult. However, they were very welcoming. They asked me to come in and talk to uh, the person that was in charge, um, gave me a form, had me to fill it out. Uh, told me how they set up the profits for me. Uh, once the book is purchased, how much I'll get back. Uh, they had me write a little short story of what the book was about. And within 24 hours, they called me back and said, we're interested. It's very simple. You can also, so putting your book in a bookstore is doing it face-to-face. Um, also, you can contact Amazon.com and have your book uh, featured on Amazon. It's very, very simple. It's not complex at all. You would actually create a um, create an account with them called a seller. You, you would be actually the seller. And, and I can't think of the other word. I do apologize. I haven't done it in so long, but a seller, uh, self-selling publisher, that's what it is. And mm-hmm. um, you would upload the copy of your book, very simple, and they would distribute that book out to uh, people for you. And you would, you know, break it down how you receive the royalties. Uh, that's another way of receiving a stream of income for you. If your book is Christian-based or if it's a story that you have overcome and you want to share that, you can go to pastors in your area and say, listen, I just recently book, wrote this book, and I think it can help some of your, your people in your church. I would like to do a book signing. Uh, is it possible for me to do a book signing at your church on this particular day? You can do your own book launch, your own book signing at, you know, at a mall. Uh, pay maybe a fee of $50, invite family and friends, and uh, maybe just have a little social gathering. And, again, getting it out there, you can go to your local newspaper um, and just share with them. You can go on radio. Let them know that you have written a book. There's so many things that you can do to advertise yourself. And then, of course, where people are, millions of people are, is on social media. So you can create a fan page of the name of your book, and um, you can pay to have your ads running on Facebook, $5 a day, which reach about 10,000 people, just $5. So you can say, hey, I just, re- you know, just, just wrote a new book. This is the title of my book. You can start blogging. And all of those ways will create income for you because you'll be getting people all over the world, not just in your local area, but I always say having set up streams of marketing will create streams of income for you. So using every resource resource to your advantage, leveraging your family and friends. If you don't go to church, maybe there's someone in your family that does go, you know, go to church. And you may have five family members that go to five different churches, and you give each of them a copy of your book and say, you know what, I want you to read my, read my story. You don't have to worry about them telling your pastor, you know, um, or asking your pastor, you know, or they're going to they're gonna uh-huh. advertise for you, I guarantee you. They're going to tell their friend, and that person is going to tell a friend. That person is going to tell a choir member. And before you know it, when you do your book launch, your book is already circulating. So they're going to say, oh, my gosh, oh, this is good. Now they're bringing other people. They want now their book autographed by you, uh-huh. which is going uh-huh. to bring more people down your path. And they want to hear your story. How did you do it? You know, what happened? 
give me all the particulars. And people are fascinated by drama. <laughs> they like drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you have mm-hmm. overcome, you know, it's, it's really beautiful when they see how far you've come. Hmm. I love it. So does that make sense? Yeah, using those other it does. You know, those it makes a lot. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So it's possible you can take a, a. There was a one young lady that was in a collaboration with me, and each one of us had to pay like two hundred and fifty dollars to get our our chapter into this collaboration. But the woman was so smart. She was about. She was the youngest of all of us. She made seven thousand dollars. Seven thousand dollars marketing her book on social media. Which is powerful because she was able to leverage herself. She started doing videos just on her chapter. And her chapter was basically on devastation, from devastation to elevation. And so she would go on, you know, every other week and say, you know, this is my chapter, devastation to elevation, chapter number three. And I'm such and such author, blah, 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 blah. And it brought people into the conversation. Have you ever been devastated by something? Have you ever been disappointed by something? And it brought an audience to her. And then she said, if this, you know, if this video has helped you or maybe it could help someone else you know, hey, you can log on to my website, blah, 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 and purchase this book. The first 100 people, the first 10 people get the book for free. And then after that, you have to pay, blah, 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 blah. And do you know when you give people free stuff, it's going to have other mm-hmm. people come and say, you know what, every, every month <laughs> she's giving away 10 books or she's giving away five books. And then they were purchased because the book is so good. Oh. Yeah. So there are oh. so many ways that you can generate the stream of income by leveraging yourself as an author, which is very important. And sometimes people write a story or write a book and then they shy away from it because they really don't want anyone to know that I did that. No, you should be proud of that. Don't dim your own light. No, market yourself as an author. That's a huge accomplishment. Huge. Let me, let me ask you a question. Here's a question. Here's a question that I get I get a lot from from people as well. Um, is a lot of people are concerned by the length of their book. So I know you just said that this one that you did is pretty. It's, it's fairly short. Um, you said like 25 pages. Is there a certain length that a book should be, or like how do how do we know if it's too long, too short? Like how do we know know this? Well, the average the average book is about 11,000 words. However, if you write a book that was relatively 5,000 words, it doesn't make you any less of an author. So me personally, if you are able to put, it's not the length of the book, it's the content that's in the book um, that is powerful to me. If you're giving me a step-by-step on how I can be successful in life or how I can be a better mother or a better, better wife, or whatever that's going to be relative to whatever my issues are, I'm not going to judge your book based upon the number of pages. I'm going to go to the table of contents. And so if you can put some quality table of contents, you know, things that are going to be eye-capturing for people, people will purchase your book. And if you have short pages, let's say you have less than 30 pages, make it an e-book. People are downloading mm-hmm. things right now anyway. So that's very sellable. Um, they would rather have it on their phone where they can read it at work on their break or, you know, when they can't sleep at night as opposed to picking up a, a hard cover. So it is not, I, I would say 30 pages for an ebook, and 
um, for just a a paperback, no more than seven chapters, and you want to do 99 pages. So that's going to roughly bring you about 10,000 words. Okay. okay. But again, don't get caught up in that. I, I would just, if you have, as I said, if you write down your five topics of what you want to talk about, before you know it, you have seven chapters, and you have roughly about 9,000 words. That is a nice size book. That's going to produce, it depends on your, your size, maybe a six by nine. That's going to create a book content of relatively 75 to 80 pages, which is a great size. It doesn't have to be very long for people to take you seriously as an author. I don't care if you wrote, if you wrote 2,500 words, and if it's put together right, Hey, and you have some some content that's going to be relevant to, relevant for people's issues, especially with our young people. They're looking for solutions again. Right. And if you have something that's going to really, really, really uh, minister to them and hit home with them, they'll purchase it. Sometimes people get intimidated by pages, you know, you know, books that are that have over two hundred pages. That intimidate people. But if you start them off small, you know, or even your first time author, start small and then build to that level. But don't, again, don't dim down your own light um, because you don't have a book that's 150 pages. I always tell people start small and then build. Give yourself room to grow. Okay. Yeah. Give yourself room to grow. Okay. So you all heard it. So my next book that I'm working on is How to Write a Book in 30 Days. So I'll have that one, and I want to share that with you all, too, How to Write a Book in 30 Days. You only really need – I won't go into it now, but – and it basically breaks down that that table for you of what's considered substantial, how many pages should your book be, you know, um, are you taken seriously as as an author if you have 100 pages or less. Um, And you are. You are. Again, you're creating something and you're solving problems for people and um, re-educating. So that's my next book that's coming out next okay. month. You, you, you pulling up. You just, All right, you're turning it out, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to do what I need to do uh, to help people and educate them. You know, don't hold it on the inside. Get it out. Get it out. And if you've journaled like I have, I journaled for years since 1990. And I had all these journals stacked up all around, and I didn't know what to do with them. And then all of a sudden, I felt like I had a, a blockage. You know, sometimes you, you had that writer's block. And then mm-hmm. once that thing is released, you just cannot stop. So just one book after another has been burst out. And I believe this is the time in the season to educate, educate, educate. And, um, hey, you never know. It may shift me somewhere else. But right now, my harvest is right here in writing books, and that's what I'm going to use, that vehicle, to educate people. That's awesome. That is awesome. All right, well, do me a favor. Can you tell us to give, give the people um, the information where they can find, I know you, uh, find you um, if they want coaching as well as find your book? Absolutely. If you would like to pre-order uh, how to write your book on a budget, you will go to Lady. Trina Wells at gmail.com and you can pre-order your book. If you will like coaching, you can go to trinawells.com and all my information is listed there on the coaching uh, platforms that I offer uh, to help people in the, in the various areas. And thank you so much again for having me on the show. Oh yeah. Thank you for coming on. We definitely appreciate you. Y'all have any more questions? 
Did I just kind of like take over here? I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. No, I I'm looking not. forward I, to you coming back 30 days. But I want that. I'm here for that. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I would love to. Thank you all so much again. All right. All right. Thank all you. right. Have a good night. Have okay. Bye bye. That was awesome. Yes, again, I, and I, I want to echo again uh, what she said, and that is I, I do agree everybody has at least one book in them. And there's a, um, if you guys have never heard of the famous quote by Miles Monroe that says that the richest place, the richest place in the world is the, um, is the graveyard because it's the place where all of the ideas and all of the books and all of the things that should have been done were not done. So I would encourage anybody um, to go through the process of writing a book, uh, even if you you know publish it, but even if you never sell anything, I can promise you, you will feel so much better about yourself um, for getting it out, getting it on paper. And as she said, once you get started, it just flows. So, thanks, Trina Wells. We appreciate you for being here, and we'll definitely have her back when she finishes her next uh, project. And please go to her site and pre-order um, her book, um, How to. Um, write a book on a budget. So, all right, now that I got my, we got this technical difficulty out the way, we can do the song that we were supposed to do. So now we've got Talk to Me by Eminent Artistry. Um, we're going to play that now. And then when we come back from the break, we got uh, Kels is going to take us into the hot topic. So I will be right back after Talk to Me by Eminent Artistry um, on Scoop Radio.
Yeah, I needed all of that. I love Man. it. <laughs> that, yeah. That was eminent artistry. Man. What was that again? Artistry? Eminent artistry is the name of eminent. the group. So you can find them. Uh, I'll post a link to their page, Eminent Artistry Records. Um, you can definitely go and download this project of theirs. Um, but yeah, that's 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 all right. Mm-hmm. That's all right. All right. I'm here so for we it. Got, uh, hot, we got hot topic, Kill. To the king. Kelly. Kelly. Hello. Hello. We got you. Can you hear me? Are you? Yeah. Hello. Okay. I'm like, okay, I've been talking to y'all. I was like, Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) Anyway. This is a hot topic session or segment, and it is brought to you by Curvy Kitten Clothing, where self-reflection is perfection. We strive to make women feel good about their curves through our clothing. And the hot topic tonight um, was a topic that I thought would be interesting. Um, I usually do this little thing called Tell the Truth Tuesday, and I thought this, this would be interesting. So... I was talking with a friend. This is what the post says. I was talking with a friend and realized there's an even deeper spin on the 80-20 rule. I think 80% of single men and women are full of games, and 20% of each are actually honest with themselves and their intentions. So I asked people what their thoughts were um, about it. So first, does everybody know what the the infamous 80-20 rule is? Q win. Yeah, y'all want to take that? Mm-hmm. I do. When I'm gonna give that so one what, to you this time. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the, the, what's rule, the infamous eighty twenty? The infamous eighty twenty rule is that you will get eighty percent of everything you want from one person at best. The most you will get is mm-hmm. if you define what perfection is for you and a person, woman or a man, you will only get eighty percent of that in that person. And that there are certain people that sometimes people will leave their 80 because they're so busy, because they're too busy worrying about the 20 that they're not getting, that they'll leave the 80 to go to the 20 and then realize that they done messed up because they really are only getting the 20 from this other person. Right. That is correct. So the spin on it is that as a whole, single men and women as a as a entity that eighty percent of each particular sex are you know full of games out there just playing around, don't really know what they want, you know, not ready for a relationship and all of that. And that twenty percent of each group are the ones that are actually, you know, in a place that they should be in a relationship, they should be dating, so on and so forth. So, um, there was a little back and forth on the post, and one interesting thing that came out of it was that uh, everybody was saying, or pretty much agreed, that the people that are in the 80% are not going to admit they're in the 80%. Mm-hmm. 
Uh-huh. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Rashad, Rashad, what do you think about that? I think it's hilarious how he said it. The 80% ain't going to admit that they are the 80%. We come to Rashad. Rashad is in the 20%. Oh, oh. How about that? <laughs> the hell? <laughs> did you hear that got remixed? <laughs> yeah, I did. I see what you but did. But you see, I just walked me right on down the street. So I'm the side in here, huh? Is, is I'm the one with the army shorts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am in the eighty percent. Uh, I'm in the eighty percent. I'm actually honest with myself. I know that I don't, you know, have my attitude all the way together. I know that, you know, if somebody actually sits by and, and and you know, deals with that attitude, she's probably going down the aisle. Uh, I don't think the attitude is really going to change like that. I just feel like, you know, somebody will be able to deal with it, whereas other people, it's not their job to deal with it. So that's just life. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I'm in the 80% because, like I said, if nobody else knows what's wrong with them, I know what's wrong with me, so... Wait, I'm so you think you're in the 80% or you're in the 20%? No, Which one is the one that be doing wrong? Like, they don't know what they really the want. They're just thinking they want something. He I'm in the group that's... Which is the one that's doing wrong? Right. I'm, I'm in the group that's swimming and really won't raise their hand and say that they're swimming. I'm swimming. I be losing. <laughs> I raise my hand and say that. Bro, I'm mm-hmm. losing. Right. But at the yeah. same time, like I said, I, I take notes from the losses. You know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. can't just sit... Now, that's the thing. More than anything, more than eighty twenty. What's more important is, are you taking notes from your losing? Because if something turns out to be the same L every time, like it's always the same L, and everybody's saying the same thing, they can't be lying. At some point, there's a character flaw, and you have to address that with yourself. So, I mean, I address stuff with myself. I'm not gonna sit and say that I'm the perfect being that I lay out on Facebook, because I'm just, you know. 80% of that. So. <laughs> but, you know, you, you bring up a good point. And for <laughs> for this segment, what I did was I asked my friend that I'm talking about in the post to actually call in and give his opinion on on it. And so um, is the caller on the line? Not yet. I think you're friends uh, now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, we've had one admit to be on the um on the eighty percent side. So, who wants to jump at bed on the twenty percent side? Me. Okay. So I think. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so so I think I'm on the twenty percent side, and the reason I say I'm on the twenty percent side is because. I think I've reached a point to where, yes, I do know my flaws and and all of that, but if I did meet someone who was ready to, you know, take it to another level, I think I'm at a place in life that I'd be, you know, open open to it and not wanting to run game, like wanting to find somebody that you're actually comfortable with, that you like to be around, just something easy like Sunday morning. So... That's why I would think I'm in the twenty percent, but I was. I, it ain't been too long that I've gotten out of the eighty percent. 
I'll say that. <laughs> Winfrey, what side are you on? Huh? Wait, huh? I'm having technical difficulties. Uh-uh. No, he didn't say uh-uh. huh. He <laughs> said huh. I can see the face. The facial expression. That look of huh. Eyebrows raised. Yeah. Uh, no, bro. <laughs> uh, I'm actually, truthfully, I mean, I'm on the, I think, I'm on now, I'm on the 20. Um, I just think, I think, and I've, I've had this conversation three times a day. I think that mm-hmm. um, I have, I'm at the point in the stage of my life where I know, I've said this, I know I need a wife. But I think my problem is, is that because my situation is so, is, is a little more complex than most, that, you know, it's a very, it's very difficult to find somebody who, you know, fits what I need. So it's okay. like I'm not going to. And I posted last night. I'm not. I'm at the place where I'm not going to. Um, I'm not going to put a whole lot of wasted energy into something. You know what I mean? Like I, I understand you got to have. There's going to be troubles and struggles and bending and submitting and humility, all that kind of stuff. But once I get, I feel like I get to a point where we've. I've put in enough, and there is, and we're reaching what I call, you know, what we call a diminishing return. Then I'm done. Like I'll walk away, and I'll walk away to the point where I just like I just walk away. It's cool. So it's cool. You know, it's not a bad thing. It's not. A, you know, what I mean, like I'm not mad at anybody. I just want. I want. I want something that's gonna grow. I want something that we're gonna like figure this thing out together. I don't want to like. Yeah. And as and as my good friends, uh, my my two good. Uh, Friends Kelly and Shaquille say, "I want somebody who wants," which I say, "somebody who likes who who wants me, not the other guy." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You won't get through if, if that's the case. <laughs> you ain't gonna make it. You need no, you need to want the man. Yeah. 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 So. So Q, you you've been out of the game for you know for a while, but. Ever, um, <laughs> right? I've been. I have a. Yeah, it seems like it. I have a follow up though. Just listening to, listening to the responses because I know you're getting ready to ask me where did I think I fall. Right? Is that what you're getting ready to ask me? Where would I have fallen? <laughs> like, well, where would you have fallen? But also, what have, what do you observe from like your friends? You know, do you still have some yeah. friends? Yeah. Okay. You, cool. Yeah. I swear we'd be on the same page. You we don't know it. I love that about us. <laughs> okay. Right. So. I would have, I came out the gate knowing that I wanted to be a wife and knowing that I wanted to be a mother and knowing that I was a builder. Like, I was the Bob the Builder chick. Like, I knew that I wanted to, and I was down for doing it. I didn't want to necessarily wait. Um, I was complex in that because I knew I wanted to be married early because I wanted to go ahead and get started with life. I was excited for the journey, the walk, the the give and the take of it all. Like I'm a romantic at heart and I'm, I like to get it, you know, I, I like to get it done. So I wanted to be a mom, be a wife and start my life. So I knew from the jump, you know, I wasn't playing no games. I knew dating wasn't going to be a long-term thing for me. Like with a lot of guys, I don't have a lot of friends. I don't have a lot of, of a whole lot of nothing. So I knew entertaining multiple people and all that, that never interested me. Like, Ever. 
So, you know, I was purpose-driven from the go with that. So I probably would have fallen into whichever percentage that I'm. this is what I'm here for, you know, sorry, thanks for playing if we don't align. And like you said, when no hard feelings, I got that I was intense that at that point. You know, I, I, I'm a – and folks that know me know that. And as I've gotten older, it's become easier for me to wrap my brain around. But I'm a pretty – I want what I want, and I pretty much know what I am, you know, who I am. So – there's not a whole lot of negotiation for that. <laughs> so coming into it, I kind of knew what I was getting into, so it didn't leave a whole lot of room for confusion. Um, what I've observed in my friends is that um, if the 80s stuck with the 80s and the 20s stuck with the 20s, I don't, I don't think we'd have as much drama as we have in how we relate to one another. But because mm-hmm. there's something about those 20s that intrigued the hell out of those 80s and vice versa, that mm-hmm. keeps us mixing and mingling with each other. I'm just saying, that's what I see. It is just, it's funny to me because you can look people from the outside of a situation when you see that attraction happening between two people. The people on the outside know who's the 80, who's the 20, or if they're matches or not. But for whatever reason, they miss it. And when it comes together and it's awesome and then it falls apart because it's no longer is, we're just like, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, we kind of saw that coming. I was always going in different directions. But when you met in the middle for those few moments, it was everything. You know, and the world had to stop because it's everything. And now it's nothing anymore. And then you're going to keep on pushing. But, yeah, I think that's the frustration in it because the opposites always attract. But we don't recognize Mm -hmm. that when we start playing in the the pools that, you know, are deeper or more shallow than what we're willing to go to, then you have to deal with that. You might scrape your knees if you're in a shallow pool, and that hurts, you know, and you could drown (laughs) if you get too deep. And, you know, we know what that happened, well, how that goes. So you just really have to, you have to be more honest with yourself. It's more about being honest with yourself and how can you, not really can you deal with the ship. Can you deal with it after it's sunk? And who you are afterwards, are you going to want this person to feel, if you know you're bad at relationships and you know this person is really, really cool and you might want to still be cool with this person later, be man enough or woman enough to scroll on. You know what I mean? Move on past that, you, you know what I mean? We need to friend zone each other so that we can still see each other in a room and not want to smack the hell out of each other, that type of thing. You know, and and that's just being an adult about it. That's not hiding or playing a game. That's just being real. Like, I'm not good for you. And we have to be willing to understand when someone tells us, this is not going to work because I'm not in the same place that you're in. That's We have to accept that. And we don't always accept that. We We go back and forth often just wanting to say, but it's me, though, you know, but it's me, you know, I know you don't normally do this, but it's me, you know, you can, but, okay, but since it's you, you know, I, I'll try because it's you, you cute, so, you know, <laughs> and, and no one's doing yeah. well that those things are not what we need right now, it just looks good, or it feels good, or whatever, but we know better. Right. Accountability. Exactly, and that's, that's definitely hard uh, if you, you know, apply to Rashad because that's hard. That's yeah, hard to I mean, admit that when you're on the 80 side. You know what I mean? It's not hard at all. Folks just got to be honest yeah. with themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. I was just saying because when I was a 20, it wasn't, like I said, it really just boiled down to, because I'm not going to say, like I said, I've been a 20 before. And when you are, you just got to be real. Like, like he said, look, this is not what I'm interested in. And I think, you know, I think as we get older, what makes that what makes it harder is 
we got to um, move beyond that mindset of, like, when we were younger, you couldn't just be straight up. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't just be like, yep, um, this is what I want and be good with it. Now that yeah. we're older, it's, you know, there's still going to be some people who don't want it, but there are going to be plenty of people who are like, yeah, that's cool. I don't have time for that anyway. I just want somebody to – I was talking to a, brother, a, a lady today who was like, you know, listen, I don't really have time for a relationship, but it would really be nice to have somebody who I can hang out with and just, you know, we can kick it, we can go out, you know, and, and I'm good. And so I think, you know, if people were honest with that, then, you know, like you said, then the 20s because they were the 20s. Yeah. That's true. So, so, so we, do have our, we do have a caller. So caller 4991, you are on the air on the scoop. What's your comment? Uh, this is uh, Cordell, and uh, I was listening to you guys, and I just want to chime in. And uh, I, I, I agree with some of the things you're saying, and I disagree with some of the things. I, I really do think, and it's going to – I need you to let me quantify my statement after I make it. <laughs> I think the 80-20 could really – could, it, could, it could really be dissolved with, with just women alone. And when I, when I say that is, men, everything we do, I mean, everything we do is for, it's to chase the woman. It's the woman is the prize to get that woman. So if Amen. women, uh, and here, here, here again, if women, those standards that they claim that they set, if they make men meet or exceed those standards, then a man will have no, nothing else to do but to grow up. You know, but... We have so many women who are willing to to meet men where they are, and they 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 scale back their standards, and that's where the eighty twenty lives, you know. And again, the woman is the prize, and since she is the prize, she is the one who takes who controls everything. She, most most women give away their power too easily, you know, and, and they by by settling, you know, because of what like like I think one of the callers or one of the hosts said. Something about um, uh, if it smells good, looks good, feels good, and and that's what happens. And that's settling because at the beginning, I'm gonna tell you about men, and I'm, I'm the men ain't gonna like this, but men can't we can't hide long, you know. In the first ninety days, we're gonna show our true colors, you know. Women, we just can't. But what happens then? Women will see these true beings. We'll see those two. They'll see those true colors. But again, something about that. Smell good, look good, feel good. Made them say, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna look past this and deal with this and see if I can fix this and change that. Instead of saying, you know what? This is not what I want and moving on. Yeah. Again, yeah. if if they maintain those standards, it wouldn't be an eighty twenty. We wouldn't have as many problems as we had. I mean, because you were forced men to grow up. You were forced men to be men. So sure. that's my that's my comment. That's fair. <laughs> Yeah, and just, but even to, even to talk on that um, part, I think you mentioned it too, Q, about, you know, if you get to that point and you know it ain't working, it ain't right, and to let it go, like that's, I don't know why that's so hard. That's so hard for us to let it go. Like it don't even be nothing. Why are you holding on to a piece I mean, what, of something? I, I think what, one, of the, one of the reasons why people, men and women, hold on is, is because of the fear of starting over. 
They don't want to start over. They don't want to something brand new and have to go through this process all over, all over again. However, that's just a part of life. I would rather start over, you know, 20 times than be in a, 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 a relationship for 20 years that I've been wasted, you know, and knowing I was with the wrong person because I, didn't, I wasn't willing to start over. Mm-hmm. So we have to get rid of those fears, you know, of being alone. We got to get rid of those fears of, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I don't want to come home alone. I don't want to wake up alone. I want to have someone here next to me. We got to get rid of those fears and start maintaining these standards. That's the only way we're going to be able to, to get rid of these eighty twenty rules and get rid of because once you maintain your standards, you will push the twenties to roll with the twenties because the twenty can't come for the eighty. He won't be able, he or she won't be able to elevate their game that high. So they'll be forced to stay with the 20. And again, I truly believe it begins with the woman. She's deprived. So women have to step up and maintain these standards. Y'all got to talk to each other and say, listen, no, that's not acceptable. Instead of saying, girl, you know, he may have no, and he may have not. So I'm sorry, but y'all have to start backing each other up and, and maintain these standards and stop slipping and sliding because it smells good, looks good, tastes good. Because if you a man can only do what you allow him to do. If you keep on allowing him to do it, he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get scared now. I'm, I'm a, I, I'll, the only thing I say this, I agree that there is um, there's a, there, it's true in, this, in that uh, if women did do that, that would change the landscape. I, I'm going to wholeheartedly disagree with the theory that the woman is the prize. And I mean no disrespect to ladies by doing that. I think that the prize is the relationship. And so I think part of what we're seeing now that that's causing some of this and also causes the lowering of the standards is the fact that women, um, that first of all, that, that as a man, I don't say no matter what she does, I still have to hold the standard. And so so even if she does lower hers, then I have to hold the standard because I'm a prize. And then she has to also say the same thing, that even if he does, he doesn't want to come up, I'm going to maintain. So, you know what I mean? So it's almost like we both have to do that, not just it's I mean, one part I mean, the other. I mean, I think that but, sounds good, but that's not – I mean, but in reality – most men don't don't even want a, want a relationship. We don't care nothing about the relationship. We want the woman. So the relationship itself is not necessarily applies to everyone. We want the woman. And the relationship to have that woman relationship is, is a byproduct. So no, I, I don't I don't agree with that at all. Because if you got a good woman, a good woman will make a bad man change if he want if he was ready to change. So I don't think the relationship is prize at all. I think it sounds good when you say it. Because in reality, most men don't want no relationship. We want the one. What relationship is just a byproduct. Weird enough, I, I I find a lot of truth in that. Like, uh, there's a lot of truth in that. Um, a lot of times, and I say this all the time. Um, I know people say that I point the thing and blame women, but man, a lot of it really is their fault, and this is why. I take the high school thing, and I say that you know. Most people find themselves in high school. So freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year, the freshman year, the girls come in, they're not dating guys their age. They're dating up. Sophomore, junior, senior, and out of school. Most girls in high school don't even know what it's like to date a dude their age. So for for 
having to have an expectation of men to know a level of cool in dating, like in a relationship and all of that, is kind of skewed. That was taken away from him extra early because when he liked girls his age, they didn't like men their age. spread right there. And hence why most men will tell you women are way more mature than men. Of course y'all are. Y'all set out to go get y'all heartbreaks at 12 and 13 when dudes were still just playing tiddlywinks. Y'all was liking grown men. So, yeah, of course y'all got the upper edge on us. But at the same time, don't fault us later on in life because we catching up. Honestly, most men are just now catching a cool at 20 to 30 to 40 because they never had that limelight because women chose other men. The star of the team, the this and the that, and the that's and the this is. And when all of those people fizzled out and didn't turn out to be everything that they thought they'd be in high school, just like our parents said, them kids that y'all talking about right now going to be the same kids y'all want to be with when y'all grow up. <laughs> our parents didn't lie. They didn't lie, and they're staring us right in the face, but everybody want to sit and play point the fingers. I'm going to point the fingers. And it's y'all. It's the women. Women had the option to stop it from the beginning. And, it, I mean, it's not a bad thing that y'all get chose by older men. It's life. It's how it happens. But at the same time, remember that freshman boy that was running around trying to catch you all the time and you wasn't with it because you like old boy that got the car already because you didn't want to ride on the bus or whatever else was going on in life. And here we are now, 80-20. Well, I mean, I, 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 I guess I was a, a, a 80 back then because I didn't have those issues. <laughs> because I mean, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Circle. I, I didn't have it. I mean, no, 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 no. Well, I'm saying I understand what you're saying. I really do. I'm, I'm making light of it, but at the same time, I just, I, again, I'm, I'm not gonna. Yes, I, I, they are more mature than us, but I didn't. I don't think it's because that they made those early choices. I just think that's just biology. You know, women mature faster than men. Yes, we play games longer, and women, because, again, and not only biologically, culturally, you know, it's, it's drilled into a woman's head at an early age to get married and have, have children and settle down and have a baby, whereas it's okay for us to go out there and be hoes, you know, and our daddy's patting us on the back. So, you know, it, 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 it's a lot of different choices, a lot of different good and bad choices that, we, you know, we all dealt with growing up that shaped us as young women and men. However... It all boils down to standards. Even then, if they would have maintained their standards, they wouldn't have chose those wrong men even then. So it, it, to me, it all boils down to standards. You know, again, the woman is the prize because if they, if, if they weren't the prize, they wouldn't be able to attract older men even then. I agree so with that. The woman, I agree the with that. The prize, 100%. Yes. Right, so the woman is actually the prize. So if, if, if they were to get together, have a meeting across the country and say, ladies, we're going to maintain these standards and force these men to be men, it'll, it'll have a whole new, di- whole new different dynamic. Okay. Like I said, I agree, I agree with the standards part. I just don't, we just don't agree or disagree on the, on the woman being the prize part. But, again... Well, you I, got we me can, on we that can. One, yeah, I think you got me on that one. I agree the woman is the prize. And I agree with the whole, you know, everybody's not looking for a relationship. Because that goes into what I was saying. A lot of times, man, people really just reaching back into their bag of cool. 
Like, you know how many dudes really just want to be the dude that was getting to cheat on girls in high school right now? Even at 30 and 40, they're trying to relive stuff that they never got to do, cool in their mind frame that ain't cool. Like, that's I mean, but that is real. I mean, and I, but I agree with you, and, but uh, again, if, uh, if the women maintain those standards, those guys will be forced to through with those 20s, right? Because, you know, they will see that who these that. guys are, and they will be forced to deal with only 20 or grow up, one of the two. I'm, t- I'm telling you guys, it, it, it all goes back to women, man, because that, I mean, for real, we don't buy nice cars for us. We cheat. Men are cheap naturally. We don't buy nice cars um, and nice clothes for us. You better preach it. No, I mean, we, you better preach it. We just don't. I mean, we don't. And so what we do, everything we do is to get that woman, is to get the attention of the opposite sex. Everything. The nice houses, everything. We go, the we go to the barbershop. Right, we go to the barbershop once a week, sometimes twice a week, cologne and everything we do is, is to get their attention. So they're the ultimate, they are the ultimate prize. Because me personally, I'll be the first one to say I'm cheap and I don't want to spend no money. But I know that I have to present something worth dating. So there's some things I'm going to have to invest in for myself so I can present. So when they look at me, they say, okay, well, he might be worth dating. You know, so, but again, everything we do is, is to get that attention. So that, they are the ultimate of the prize. So they control all this. I mean, even when you look at uh, the media, you know, you, it's, it's full of nothing but beautiful women, you know, surrounding, surrounding the, 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 the airways. I mean, you don't have strip clubs on, in everywhere for the women. You have those for the men. It's because, again, men are just female-driven, okay? So they, since they are ultimately the prize, they are the ones who control all of this. And so it's up to them whether or not they're willing to maintain their standards or not. And, and as soon as they maintain, one person maintains their standards, then that's when they're going to find the man or the woman that they deserve. But until we start, stop settling and just be consistent with maintaining our standards, you know, we're going to be dealing with 80-20s all the time. All right. Appreciate you all calling right. in, brother. All right, y'all. Take it easy. All right. Good stuff. All right, now. Thank you. All right. We're going to go. We got, uh, uh, what'd you say, cousin? I said, all right, thank you. <laughs> oh, I think you did that. We got, we got, I can't with y'all. New, new artist song for the night. Um, this is I Love You by Freeze. Cut it up in here for a little bit, bro. I need a attentive ear and a faithful breast. And if I'm down and out, then she should give me your best. Go through these valley lows and high dales and purgatory flash shit. On this mission through hell, stuck in this eyes on earth. Well, shit ain't all well. It's hard to bear these burdens without going to jail. So should I pop myself or pack my bags and bail? But pops, raise men and we won't tuck no sails. I heard that clever endeavors don't match with half measures. Richard your fist and we can get through the 
this weather So we didn't try separate Heaven knows we can do better And this collective is more effective Let's get together I had to let go of that God and Son And nah, deal with man, my little issues And all of my big problems So game on, my J's on I flamed on Reminiscing, wishing all my dead homies was home Another new song, our last new song of the night. I like that. Well, we yeah. are going to introduce a new segment. Yeah, you like that, right? I, I dug that. Um, yeah. <clears throat> tonight, this segment is going to be brought to you by Elegance by Design, where healthy hair and skin is our priority, but a beautiful you is our specialty. And we are going to talk about business tonight. Um, we are going to start um, 
ever so often discussing different tips and things that are helpful to us as entrepreneurs. If you're thinking about it, um, sometimes if you know someone who has a business, how you can be helpful to them and things of that nature. Um, Tonight I'm going to talk real quick about how it's really not personal, it's just business. Um, This is something that I know all of us have dealt with as entrepreneurs, and it's when our family and friends don't outright support us in the way that we anticipate they do or they should. Um, We grow up with this sense of security where our parents, our family, our friends support us in everything from mud pies to college courses. (laughs) And um, when we decide to veer off the beaten path of go to school, get a good job, you know, have a family, and, you know, live the dream, then people get nervous, and they don't always jump on board immediately, and that can begin to shake our faith in what our passion is. And when we decided to take that leap and go into business, we think they're going to automatically be this instant fan base, this instant customer base, and they're going to buy whatever it is that we're selling. What I want to put out there, right, it's, it's rough, but what we have to put out there is you now have to look at everyone as a customer. Every customer has a target. Your friends and family are not all going to hit your target. Therefore, when you realize that, move on. (laughs) They're not loving you any less. They're not down for you any less, even if you realize that that is the case. They're not really rocking what you like they thought you were, you thought they were. Move on. There is a huge world that you have something to provide. You have a gift to offer them. Do not get hung up on the people that you can just reach out and touch right now. I I thought of, I had to switch my thought process and thinking, I want to be bigger than just right here. So if I only focus on right here, I will never grow past right here. And in that, Mm -hmm. I had to start thinking larger. I can't make everybody happy right here if I plan to ever get my message to anybody outside of this space. These people here have me in a box based on what they know of me, on our history, on what they've heard, what they've seen, what they expect, what they hope for me, what they dream for me, never including me in that box (laughs) and the construction of that box. So why am I going to put my energy into your box, build my own box, or damn it, don't have a box. You know what I'm saying? So don't, Mm -hmm. you know, so don't, don't put your don't make your don't small mind yourself based on what small minded people are doing when you've got a big box dream. You know what I'm saying? And when you when you can learn to separate the personal from the business, you'll learn to have a different track. Period. When you're even having communications with your friends and family, you don't have to go down the rabbit hole and explain to them your algorithms and your your sales funnels and all that other stuff. Because in the act, they just want to be your friend. They just want to be your sister. They just want to be your homie. Whoever it is, do that thing. You know what I mean? And then cultivate a group of people who can appreciate your acumen, can appreciate your desire, your passions, your struggle. You know, when you having those moments, those are the people that you go in. You know, that you call on to help get you back on track, to help re-motivate you to continue doing what you're doing. Because if you're, in, if you're going to a group of people who don't get it, who aren't trying to get it, who don't see it yet, you're going to be lost. You're going to be done and, and way before you're supposed to, and that's going to be on someone else's timeline. And I really don't want that for you because it gets really easy to just say, okay, I'm cool. It's easier to just get a job, punch the clock, be off when everybody else is off. 
get to hit all the parties. You know, the vacation days are abundant because, you know, you're clocking in and clocking out. You don't have to be up all night. You don't have to get up super early. You don't have to be the first one there and the last one to leave. It's easier to just go with the mm-hmm. But how, how much mm-hmm. more fulfilling is your life when you live in your passion unapologetically? You know what I'm saying? So get out of your box. Get out of your city. Get out of your school. Get out of the little town. Get out of wherever that little space is that's got you boxed in and do you. And do it in a way that you're operating as though you are that conglomerate. You are that, mm-hmm. that, 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 you know, that multi-million dollar company where people are, don't, you don't have to convince anybody. Your name shows up before you do. That's what you're trying to get to. Why are you stuck convincing folks that could care less, couldn't care less really when it comes down to it? Because they're doing their thing. And them being able to shake you off your square just makes them feel better. Why? Do you. You know what I'm saying? Do you and make your awesome life. And, and, and then in a minute, you won't even hear. You will be put into a place where you won't even hear those things anymore. And that's, that's, I'm not there yet. I have those moments. I think everybody has those moments. But you don't see mm-hmm. the CEO of Johnson & Johnson on Facebook blasting their auntie because they didn't run out and get the new, you know, baby wash or, you know, because everybody didn't buy out. But, you know, that you don't see that. So don't be that person. You know, don't, don't just work harder, hustle harder. That's a part of it, having to, to have that hustle, to have that grind, to get out there and make it happen. Show them. You don't have to tell them nothing. You don't have to sit there and have that conversation, that argument, that back and forth. Show them. Get out there and do it. Show them what you're working with. You just so. support me. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Sorry. <laughs> I, I had an extra week to think about this one, so that's, that's what I had to say on that. Go on to do you, but <laughs> so, let me ask this. I mean, I think we we've all struggled with that unrealistic expectation, or is it just? I mean, like, how, what, because I mean, I, I think a lot of us expect because our friends and family initially. There? I think we're kind of breaking up on them. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's unrealistic to think that. I think that's kind of what you're asking me to to think that it's okay to separate it. I think the more we do it, the easier it gets. The more wins that you have from people who don't know you, the more strangers that walk up to you and say, "Hey, because you and I, you know, we talk about we've had these, those moments where people you've never mm-hmm. met." You walk into places and they're like, I know you. You're the, you're mm-hmm. the tinkle toes lady. Or you, girl, you curvy kid. And I see you. My cousin's got your shirt. Or I was, I had on a back mm-hmm. to my room shirt. And I'm at the beauty supply. And, and, the, and, the, and the girl says, I love your shirt. I know her. And I'm thinking, yep, me too. That's my boo. Yep. <laughs> you yeah. know, but to see that for yourself and for your friends, those are the times you could, who cares? Well, homegirl from high school who never liked you anyway before you had a name, who cares if she don't buy nothing or if she doesn't share anything or if she never shows up? Who cares? She didn't show up when you did, when you were having your bar, you, you know, your little get-together. She didn't, they, these people, some people just won't show up. So I think when we have to separate yourself, just like with anything, when you go to work, you put your work you on. When you go into business mode for yourself, that doesn't change. Why are we so willing to put on a tough skin for everybody else's business? We're willing to fight the good fight for everybody else's business. But when it comes to ours, we'll fold as soon as a few folks say no. No. (laughs) You have nothing invested 
in that job. You have nothing invested in another man's dream, but you are willing to invest everything into your own. Why would you allow someone else to snatch that from you? Just because they don't get it? No, don't do that. Don't don't do that. <laughs> Let's not be those people. Yeah. Do snatch your dream and take it. That that's what you do. And move and move. I don't, don't even. Uh, I think we we might have lost. So I was just gonna add to to that to um, you know the whole want to give up if somebody says something negative. Even just anybody that even just not even that close to you when somebody says something, you know, just to discourage you. Like just use those moments as fuel. You know, mm-hmm. don't don't use it as anger. Just use it as fuel. Like okay. So I'm going to put that in my fuel tank to go ahead and keep, you know, keep pushing a little harder. So when we start to think of that as those those sticky situations, those those comments, those trials, those times of discouragement as as motivation and, and to be able to let it, like, to step on it to get higher, then I think that'll, that'll, that'll keep us going in the right direction. It won't, like you said, it won't, it won't bother you so much. Once you, once you get to a, to a place that you won't even hear that because, you know, it wouldn't be any room for, for any negativity because you done stepped all over it. So mm-hmm. I think that's a very good word. I think the business segment um, is a good addition. I like it. Well, thank you, boo. Appreciate y'all. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. All right, Cousin, do you have anything to add to the segment? Yeah, I do. Sorry. Um, what was that win? I'm sorry. What did you say, Sweetie? <laughs> oh, I was saying, saying if, if he had anything to add to that segment, because I, I was having a, a technical difficulty there for a moment, so uh, I didn't know if he had a chance. No, this is fun, man. We do got to do more for uh, one, helping our own personal self, and two, helping promote each other. Because, I mean, you know. There are big wigs that mess up 20 times over, and we go give our dollar right back to them 15 times over. But let one of us mess up one time, we won't shop ever again in life. And then got a full-fledged story as why to, you know, it's fair that we're doing that. And it's not. Yeah. We gave, not because they don't pay us, but we gave McDonald's 50 million chances, and they still serving horse burger, and you'll go pull up and get you some hot fries right now. But, and got 50 million excuses as to why you do it. But let us show up one time late to give you your product. Now, all of a sudden, man, that's why I don't deal with black folks. What? <laughs> Excuse me for it being a little traffic and I'm black. It happens sometimes. <laughs> Jeez. Throw me a bone every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I, it's, I, a, it's I, a game. I, I think, you know, <laughs> you got to figure out this I, I spot think, for sure. I honestly don't think... Um, I honestly think that I honestly think that we've got to do a better. We've got to do something about making sure that not only do we support each other, but that we look at you know we look we we're intentional about supporting each other. You know, if you see something good, whether you know help, even if it's just something simple. And again, if you can't, if it's not for you, if you're not in that target market, I don't. If I don't wear. You know, natural hair product. Like I can't do nothing with natural hair products. I don't have any, but I can surely know that the business is a, it's a good business and share the post and say, hey, if you're looking for this, you know, get this. Or if somebody, if I hear somebody 
you know, see a poster saying, hey, I'm looking for, because now the new, thing, the new thing is if somebody's looking for something, they're typically going to go to social media. Yeah. Uh-huh. They'll be a post, ISO, in search of handyman who can do such and such and such. Use that as an opportunity to say, hey, I know such and such and such and such who can do it. And then and call them. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's kind of just that simple, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. Definitely. Yeah. We got to do more of that. Yep. And then, like you talked about, find groups. You know, Q alluded to find groups of people who you can kind of get together and say, okay, we're going to support each other. You know, we're going to, you know, we're going to promote each other. We're going to do those kind of things. Because that'll definitely help. The marketing is, is expensive. Mm-hmm. So if, can, if we can do something to help lower the cost of marketing and advertising um, for our businesses, then we can see some of even the cost things come down because we don't have to worry about yeah. getting as much money um, on, you know, on trying to get our product and service in front of people. So, and like you said, then support each other. We got some good people, a lot of good people doing a lot of great things, and we got to do some stuff. So, all right, y'all, we had a good show tonight. A few technical difficulties, but we made it through. Um, I appreciate you guys for listening. Um, y'all are the truth, as always. Uh, thank you, Q. Thank you, Cuzzo. Thank you, Kel. Um, if you are listening, do me a favor. Thank you, Cordell, for calling in. Um, if you guys could do us a favor, please share this show with somebody. You guys see the post. Simply just share the show and let them know that you enjoy it. Every week um, at 8 o'clock Central Standard Time Every Tuesday we'll be back I also want to do a special shout out to Trina Wells Our guest tonight for coming on Have a good night Have a good night And we'll see y'all next Tuesday <laughs> 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 Think you wanna do love? Tell me wanna do love. <laughs> I think I just get it, but you just let it, and I'm still standing here.